Well, without further ado, I want to introduce our speaker today, Sarah Jackson, right here. <laughs> um, it's been a joy to work with Sarah. I've really loved leading this group with her and just getting to know her. She's just such a wonderful person. And um, ever since I've known Sarah, we've I've known that she's had a passion for um, women and children who are on the fringes of society or those who are hurting or broken. And she's been really involved in the International Justice Mission. And I had the privilege of being at one an event with her um, this past year. So it was just neat to see all her work and um, all that she's advocating for. So that's just a neat part of Sarah's heart. She's married to Clint. They have two girls. Um, Kate and Brooke, and they are both really involved in New Life Downtown. Sarah's been involved in children's ministry as well, and so it's just been a joy to know her. So there you go, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Hey, I'm going to pray for us, guys. Dear Lord, thank you so much for um, getting us all here today together. Um, to learn from you, Lord, and to learn about what your heart is uh, towards us and how we can use that to, to parent our children well. Um, Lord, I pray that you will help us to just get insights and spark creativity in our, um, in our minds and hearts today. In your name, amen. Okay, well, if you haven't been with us the past this past year, our first year, um, I spoke a few times. Um, the things I talked about were um, uh, the prevalence of sexual violence in our society. The, um, I talked about anxiety and depression. And I talked about comparison. So I'm just really happy to be talking about something fun today. <laughs> I was like, should I talk about famine? I don't know. Okay. But as we're leading up to this year, as we're planning for the fall semester, I was, it just came, kept coming to my mind that I should talk about um, introducing joy and fun into your parenting. And I kept dismissing the idea because I was like, that's not serious enough. Um, but um, being an otter mom, that's what I'm calling, I made that up. It's not like a scientific term, if you, if you couldn't guess. Um, there, there is in, um, a, like about 10 years ago, a book came out called Tiger Mom. And I don't know if anybody read it, but um, as soon as I saw the cover, I was like, there was like a complete disconnect for me. I was like, what do you mean a tiger? Why would you be a tiger? <laughs> um, there's some good concepts on, on teaching discipline and, and having structure for your, for your children. But that is just not my natural bent. Um, I remember when our oldest daughter was about one, um, I, my neighbor came over and she was like, what are you guys doing? And I was, we were sitting at the kitchen table um, just singing happy birthday to each other. Like, like I had like a cupcake and we just had one candle and we would like light it and then sing happy birthday to me. And then I would blow it out and then we'd light it again and sing happy birthday to her. And we were having a great time. And I thought that was totally normal. I was just like, why not? I mean, it doesn't have to be your birthday. It wasn't anybody's birthday. Um, but I, I just always naturally bend that way. And maybe later somebody else could give me a talk on how to keep my car clean and remember to floss every day. Um, those things do not come as naturally to me. I have to work at it. But we all have things that we, the muscles that we need to strengthen. And um, so today we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, okay, so Psalm eighteen nineteen says, he led me to a place of safety. He rescued me because he delights in me. God's relationship to us is described throughout the Bible in parent-child terms. His first priority with us is always relationship with him. And then everything else, I'll list these slowly, obedience and behavior, living out our calling, it naturally builds, sorry, lots of blanks here, on the foundation of that relationship. So um, the Bible, the Bible talk, talks to us about how important relationship is. And scientific research backs that up. It's not just good, it's necessary. If, if a baby isn't snuggled and nuzzled 
and held and talked to, they will literally stop growing. And even if the situation persists, even if they're getting adequate nutrients, they could still, I'm just wondering if there's anybody old enough to under, D-I-E, um, from that, from, from just the lack of connection and relationship. So when Holly and I were talking about this, and I told her that I wanted to talk about um, introducing fun and joy into your parenting, I, I felt like maybe it's not important enough. I kept dismissing it. But why, why did I feel like that? As I kind of investigated my feelings more, um, I wonder if anybody else in this room feels like if they have the same doubts, do you... I wonder if maybe it's connected to our view of how we see God. If, we've, if we see God as, um, we can't picture him as a delighted father. Um, we, we picture him, or maybe we feel more comfortable picturing him as a proud father if we perform, or a disappointed father if we don't. Um, in his final work, Brennan Manning, uh, it was called All is Grace. That's his last book. He recalled one of his most beautiful sermons about how God views us. So if you struggle at all with picturing God as a delighted father, um, let these words wash over you. The central revelation of Jesus in the New Testament is that God is Abba, Daddy, Do you believe that the God of Jesus loves you beyond worthiness and unworthiness, beyond fidelity and infidelity, that he loves you in the morning sun and in the evening rain, that he loves you when your intellect denies it, your emotions refuse it, your whole being rejects it? Do you believe that God loves without condition or reservation and loves you this very moment as you are? and not as you should be. If you take nothing else away from today, I want you to know that that is the way that God sees you. And he absolutely delights over you. And so delighting over your children and learning how to do that well is is so right and so worthy. So um, back to our fill in the blanks, uh, children care in proportion to how much they're connected. That's proven. So likewise, our connection with our own children will act as the foundation upon which we can build everything else, discipline, instruction, behavior, helping them find their gifts. When our children are young, that connection is much easier to forge. Young children long to be close to their parents. Did anybody notice that <laughs> last night when you were trying to sleep? <laughs> All the live long day. Uh, young children long to be close to, to their parents and playfulness is their appropriate natural state. Therefore, connection through play is the easiest path to forging that strong relationship foundation. Okay, so where do we begin? The, the number one thing to remember when we dis, are discussing that, this is that it's defined differently for every parent-child relationship. I, the way that I connect with my kids is not the same way that my friends connect with their kids. I have a friend, or I have a few friends who um, will turn on like, like pulsing like dance music for their families, and they're like, and they're like having dance party. And I, if I did that, I would get like adult onset sensory processing disorder, I think. I would be like, it's okay, we're going to get out of here, kids. Mommy's going to save us. That would stress me out so much. And it's like freeing and relaxing for like other people. I have um, another friend who just told me that she does soccer drills with her kids. And that would just bring up all of my insecurities about my athleticism. Like that would just like make me like drown. Um, So it doesn't have to be the same way. God has uniquely equipped you to be that person for your children. So you just shame off like that. What we're going to talk about today, it all can translate 
to your specific self in your relationship with each of your children individually, because it'll be different for each kid. Okay, so number one, become mindful of the ways that you're already doing this with your child. Okay, so I want to do an exercise really quick. Um, If you turn your handout over, um, there is a place to write down ways that you're already doing this with your children. So just take a couple of minutes. Um, Don't worry about discussing this at your table yet. I'm just going to give you like two minutes to write down ways that you feel like you're already consistently carving out this connection with your children. Everyone has to write reading because of Holly's talk last week. All right. So um, as we, as we continue on, I, I'm hoping that you have some just ideas spark and create your creativity starts to flow with ideas. So um, feel free to, at any point, just turn your page over and keep writing down your ideas that come to you. Okay, so number two, uh, ask God to show you what this could look like for your family. So our family, you know, our kids are seven and almost five. And we've discovered in the last probably three years that we really love to hike together, which is super original in Colorado. Um, but it's just really fun. We make games out of it. We, um, we play like the kids are the teacher and we're on, we're on like a field trip and my husband's always the bad kid and I'm, and then I'm like the good student usually. And, um, and then we'll play like, we have a thing with, um, they can earn a camel back. Um, they have to like hike the whole hike without asking to be carried. And that's very motivating to them. I would be like, no, you carry my water. I, I don't know. I probably wouldn't be as motivated. Um, okay, so number three, ask your children. Um, this might seem obvious, but as you're figuring it out, just, just ask your children what would be fun, what would be an interesting way for you to connect. So I remember last year, our seven-year-old was in kindergarten, and she was having this kind of like drama at school, which I was surprised that it would start that young, but there was this, these two girls kind of like arguing about her and um, she didn't seem impacted by it. So I just was like, I guess it's fine. But one day I didn't have Brooke, our younger one. And I asked her if she wanted to go, where would you like to go on a little mommy daughter date right now? And she said, Froyo. And the Froyo was like magical, like opened up this, unlocked this whole like, deep well of emotions that she had been feeling about this problem at school. And so now I know that Froyo is like the key to unlocking her (laughs) emotions. So, um, I mean, ask your children because they might already have their idea. Number four, strategize with your spouse. So I think it's important to not make the, the things that you're doing with your kids kind of like disconnecting you from your spouse. Um, so if you have just like such like a kid focused household, then you're not really like investing as much in your marriage. It has to be something that you're both like on the same page with. So um, we've, we've come up with different things. Like we have, we play meet the characters, which is a great way for my husband and I to, to talk while, while we're still interacting with the kids. So we are like sitting on the couch, catching up on our day and the girls will like put a costume on. They're almost all Disney costumes. And our, we have like a costume closet. And um, so they'll come up and then we'll like pause what we're talking about. And we're like, it's the real Elsa. Can I get your autograph? And we like get their autograph and then we take a selfie with them. And we're like, can you believe we met the real Elsa? And then like they go back downstairs to change and we can like pick up where we left off talking. And so it's like a great way to be like kind of interacting with each other and with our kids. So that's a game that has worked well for us. And um some, I got another idea from Kate's kindergarten teacher um, to do a surprise pajama party. So we like put jammies on the girls and pretend that it's time to go to bed. It's time to go to bed. And then we plan with another family to come over as a surprise and their kids are in their jammies and it's a surprise for them too. And it's like a surprise play date. So they play for like an hour while the parents talk and it's kind of like a way to to hang out with friends, but also to do something nice for your kids. 
Um, let's see, what's another one that, oh, we did a surprise restaurant. A lot of surprises. Um, <laughs> um, so we like set it up, we're like, go upstairs and put on your, a fancy outfit. And then we set up the dining room like an Italian restaurant and like put on Italian music and made Italian food and we were like, serve them. And, and then we, we ended up like, they were like backpackers and we were like, um, the servers, but then they invited us to sit with them, which was great because we were going to anyway. And um, so just things like that, like discuss it with, with your spouse. It's really fun to come up with these ideas together. Um, swap ideas with your friends. I have gotten some ideas from my sister-in-law. I feel really lucky she's a child therapist. And so she always has these ideas that have like a double meaning, like for like she gave me a mailbox to write notes back and forth with my daughter. And I'm like, what is this? Is this where you like tell your mom how you really feel? I don't know. I, so far it's just been like pictures and little love notes, but um, that's been really nice for us. And then, um, or like for a baby making a little photo album, like with those soft little photo albums for them to hold and they can only look at it when they're getting their diaper changed. It's like a fun, you get to get your diaper changed thing. Um, so reserving that for that special moment. Um, okay. And, um, you can ask your imaginary friends. Rebecca Pearson from This Is Us taught me about writing a joke on my kids' bananas for school, which I thought was a great idea on that show last season. So I stole it and I've been writing bananas. Our younger child really prefers jokes and our older child really prefers like serious notes and like insights on life. So I just tailor it to their personalities. Um, or you could ask your good friend, Pinterest. Um, if you think I'm best friends with Rebecca, Rebecca Pearson, I'm actually, she's my second best friend. Pinterest is my number one best friend. Um, and so it's like unoriginal ideas, but your kids don't know that. They're awesome ideas and you can kind of just riff off of them. I mean, it's like, I saw this, I started seeing these like bento boxes that were like the mom carved like Paddington bear into a slice of cheese or something. And I'm like proud of her, but I'm also like, what was happening with your kids when you did that? <laughs> like, I must have taken like four hours. So I'm wondering like, do you get childcare for that? Or, so I was like, okay, well how about I do that, but not do that. I like got, so instead, I did not do that, I promise. I, I got like a, um, just like a bunch of little healthy ingredients and, um, for a lunch. And then I do, I tell them, put it on a plate and then I have like a canvas plate that's like bigger. And they have to make a face or a flower or a tree out of that. And then they eat their lunch and they wanna eat it a little bit more. And you can do all the food groups in there and then they don't see it coming. Um, so that's one idea that has worked for us. Okay, so you know you're on the right track if you are prioritizing relationship. It's not about the thing that you're doing. Um, it's about the relationship. How many times am I going to say that today? Um, the, okay, so think of it like, have you ever been to a wedding where the couple took dance lessons before and they're like... They're like doing this dance that they learned and it's like obviously super like stiff and they're like five, six, seven, eight and, and it's like really uncomfortable to watch. The, the, it's, it's not supposed to be like that. With it, it doesn't, that doesn't show any of the love and connection that that couple has. It's not about the thing. It's about the relationship. So it it is supposed to be coming from this like natural place. So forcing it or trying to orchestrate these like perfect moments is not, is not the point. You're missing the point if you do that. So number two, you know you're on the right track if you are on the lookout for ways to transform everyday tasks and training into times to connect and build memories together. So like I was just saying, it's not about curating these this one long Disneyland experience, although I would be on board for that, but we have to do our life. And, um, and so we, 
we, um, for example, incorporating this kind of stuff into your life, uh, we have like fun ways to put away laundry. We, um, like one of the kids is a horse and then the other one sits on her back and then they like deliver it to the, and it always ends in a fight, but we have fun for like 10 minutes. Um, or they race and they also fight sometimes after, at the end of that, but we have fun at first. Um, cleaning, we, we have like, as a family, we'll like clean the house sometimes um, and pretend we're like the superhero like crew coming to like save the house. So it's like the cleaning crew's coming and then it's us and we, and we clean the whole house together as a team. And, um, or if they're helping me in the kitchen, sometimes we pretend we're on a cooking show and there's no camera or anything like that, but we're just, um, they're usually like the host and I'm their assistant. So it's like, hi, this is my mom and we're going to make lasagna today or something. And then we like do the cooking show. So that's been a fun way, but just incorporating the life you have to do and involving your kids and making it fun at their level, it really, it really transforms your experience, I think, as a mom. It's like, it makes it, it changes it from like drudgery to connection, which you want to do with your kids anyway, but it's really hard to just say like, I'm going to stop everything and play Legos for an hour. And I don't want to play Legos for an hour. Um, that's actually something independently that they could do. But um, so number three, you know you're on the right track if you are harnessing your creative energy to see life through your child's eyes and wholeheartedly pursue connection with that child. So this, once I kind of started doing this as a mom, it really has changed the way that I like speak to my kids or interact with them, discipline them. Um, like, I, I realized that I could do the same thing just a different way. So, and it made all the difference in their little heart. So if I tell them to pick, some, pick up their room because that we're gonna vacuum, I could say, pick up your room, make sure nothing is on the floor, we're gonna vacuum. Or I could say, all right, think like a vacuum cleaner. What would a vacuum cleaner eat on this floor? And then it's totally different for them. That's a totally different experience. And the results are usually better. And so it takes a little bit of extra work on the front end, but then that's your norm in that, for that activity. And then it's a totally different vibe in your house. So... Um, you guys have people stopping you and being like, don't forget this moment. Never forget any moment. Stay awake for the next 18 years or you'll miss it and you're going to regret it. When you're like, they're like tantruming and you're trying to karate chop them into their car seat in the grocery store and you're like, and you're like okay, you put the groceries in the car. You, I think next time somebody does that, you should give them a job. Be like, do you miss it? Okay, I have a job for you. <laughs> um, but I understand what they're saying, that you do miss it. And you do, you do have those times where you're like, oh, that went fast. Um, so working hard to stay present with your child in order to savor today. Um, I want... I'm hoping that you think of this not as trying to drink from a fire hose of their childhood and like not miss any single second, but instead think about like taking the reins and I am in charge of carving out these moments to savor and I will never regret that. And then shame off. Like you don't have to have, you don't have to never blink again. And people are like, blink, and your child will grow up. I'm like, I have to blink, and I have to sleep and have a marriage. I mean, like, you can't just always be in that mode. But you can be in charge and, and take control and, and carve out those moments and then feel really good about that. 
I already have this protected time that I savor with my children. And so I'm not going to feel guilty when the next person stops me in the grocery store to say, never forget this tantrum. Um, <laughs> so uh, some benefits of seeking out joy and connection in your relationship with your child um, reinforces the bond with your children. Number two, it creates lasting memories. Like we've already talked about carving out that time. And number three, carries you through the inevitable hard times. I mean, it sounds like it's always so fun at my house, but like, like one time I was, I was trying to drop my child off at childcare and she threw like a 30 minute tantrum and I had to co-lead this group. And then she climbed on the stage in the middle of a bunch of women. And I was like, that was awkward, but that's life. And the inevitable hard times happen. Um, and your strong connection will carry you through. It helps you remember, I love this person. I am for her or him. I want them to succeed. I, I cherish them. And it helps them remember that you're on their side because they have so much proof to back it up. All of, this, all of this investment, there's no doubt in their minds. When you are doing the work of disciplining them and training them, they have no doubt that you are there for their, for their good. A fun mom is not disingenuous. I don't, I know that this is very much seven city talk. I'm a seven, Enneagram seven, if you know the Enneagram. Um, but you don't have to not be you to do this. It has to be, it has to be from your heart. I don't expect everyone to like manically be running around their house like happy, happy clown, clown all the time with their kids. But really, it's really important if that doesn't come naturally to you to strengthen that muscle. Um, and, and so... Deciding what that looks like for you and your family and your children is really worth, worth the time. A fun mom is not blind to the problems of the world. I don't know if anybody was uh, there for Jason Jackson's talk that he did a couple of months ago, but he was talking about this topic just in more general, the, the Christian life, finding, finding joy and enjoyment in the Christian life. And he said that um, actually being happy and joyful in this world is subversive. It's, it's Christians can because they know the end of the story. They know that God wins and that, and that um, they're remembering Jesus's beautiful words, take heart, I have overcome the world. There are so many problems and heavy things going on um, and and being a fun mom is not turning a blind eye to that. We can help and contribute where we can. But uh, teaching your children the skill of finding joy in life is a very godly pursuit. And, and they will meet God in, those, in that joy. Uh, a fun mom is not oblivious to the training and correction that is a necessary part of parenting. So we have a wonderful speaker coming to talk to us in December, and she's going to talk on the Love to Nurture curriculum, which is a discipline curriculum used by the, um, the biggest foster care agency in Colorado, uh, Hope and Home. And uh, that, that discipline method, I, I really love it, and I feel like it, it does put relationship first as the foundation, and so we're going to talk about really practical stuff with discipline. So we're not ignoring that, but having that foundation of all those, those good feelings and that healthy, strong bond only, only amplifies your authority in their life. It does not diminish it. Them seeing you have fun and, and be fun and connected and happy 
um, just reinforces the, the relationship and their willingness to want to obey you. Um, okay, so now I want you guys to just take a few more minutes to write down some, if you have any new ideas. And then I have a few more. Actually, maybe I'll, I'll I'm going to read some more ideas for you real quick. So um, for your lists, here's some more things. Um, okay, we did puppets for devotions. We did puppets for a lot of stuff. I mean, kids have like a weird relationship with puppets. They're like, they'll listen to a puppet say something that I, they would never listen to me say. I remember my first puppet was not a puppet. It was my hand at bedtime with my two-year-old. And she had like a really deep relationship with the beaks is what we called him. And I would just sit there and they would like talk and I was like, is this normal? I don't know if this is healthy. Um, the Beaks had like a whole backstory and he had like an outfit that he was going to wear to my sister's wedding. So, but she would tell the Beaks stuff about her day that she never told me. And so I had to keep him around. Um, and then I got real puppets because I thought this is getting weird. Um, so I got some real puppets and um, they did the devotions for my kids in the morning at breakfast. And they would be like, so happy to see them. Like, I have to tell you what happened yesterday. And like, they learn like spiritual truths from the puppets and um, give them like a really long hug and never want to stop believing that they're real, even though it's like attached to my arm and they're like, <laughs> so sweet. Um, so that's a really good trick. Um, a paper chain countdown for anything. Going to visit grandma, going uh, Christmas break, Halloween. Um, a paper chain countdown to the days that you haven't thrown a fit. And at the bottom of the paper chain countdown, you get a prize. Um, Pat, okay, so um, maybe you guys already do this, but like the, the car cart at the grocery store, you get in and like pretend that I'm like not part of the car and they're like driving along and I'll come like knock on the window and ask them to like roll it down and be like, we are, we are giving away free cookies today or fruit. The fruit is like kind of sad, so I don't, I don't usually do it, but I just do the cookies. Classic seven. Um, so I like, I ask them like to drive carefully and like, you know, that kind of thing. That's like really easy. Um, packing an in, their own individual kit for anything. They love it. Like getting in the car to drive to Denver, packing them a tiny little snack pack that's in their seat waiting for them or their own little like, it's their own stuff, like like a Lego thing or, or crayons. They like love to have their own little pack. And we have this little girl that, we, that comes with us a lot. We've done like respite care for her for the last few years and she just like loves the packs. It's like her own thing. And so I do packs for them all the time. My friend taught me this, um, doing a nature scavenger hunt is a really good way to talk to your friends. So you're like talking with your mom friend and you're like, go find a white rock and put it in the big, in the nature pile. And then like all the kids are hunting around for a white rock. There's like no white rocks. <laughs> she told them that when I was like, are they ever going to find one? Do something that they can find. Um, <laughs> Because it's not nice. But that gave us like 30 minutes to talk. That little, <laughs> they weren't looking for the right white rock the whole time, I promise. I'm like, you can't go to bed till you find the white rock. No. Um, oh, here's a fun one um, that I just started doing recently. I let my daughter plan our meals for the week, do my meal planning based on my Pinterest board. And then I just order the groceries for whatever she chooses. And, and because it's all kind of stuff I already approved of. And also, it's kind of nice to have someone do your meal planning for you. It's, probably, it's usually not the most efficient thing. It's not like, it's not like couponing or anything, but like, I mean, I feel like it's really fun. Um, and speaking of meals, I, um, this is something that I've had to 
work on is doing a consistent like routine of like the night of the week for a certain kind of meal. The kids just crave that consistency so much. And so we have Taco Tuesday. That's the only thing I've committed to so far because they want, you're fine. Um, they, they want to have like soup every Saturday and they want it to really rhyme. Ideally, they would like it to like be alliteration or like rhyming. But I'm like, I don't, I don't, I can't commit to having soup every Saturday for the rest of my life. Like, that's a big ask. So I just said Taco Tuesday for now. But that consistent, it like amps up the family like excitement of like, okay, it's Tuesday. We're all going to connect over tacos. And it really has been like that for us. Um, okay. Just see if I have anything else I really wanted to. Okay, this is something um, I wanted to say that investing in memberships to things, I feel like it has really paid off so much for us. Um, it, you know, if you go, if you are just like at your wit's end and you go to Target, you spend more money just like browsing a couple times on like a stress Target run is like the same as a membership to the science museum or the zoo or the North Pole or something like that. So I, I, I would really like try and math it out with your spouse and be like, is this worth it for us? Like, because it's something to get you out of the house that's more, is more healthy for your relationship probably than, than a long target run. Um, okay. So that's pretty much, that's pretty much all I the ideas I wanted to share with you guys. I'm hoping that this kind of sparked your imagination for writing down some of your own ideas. So take a couple minutes, and then I want to do some Q&A, and then we can talk with our tables. Um, or do you want to do Q&A first? Okay. Okay, so does anybody have any questions for Holly and I? I can bring you the mic. Yeah. So everybody can hear. Can you adopt me? <laughs> You would have a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. You're singing my song. I love this part of parenting. But um, I know a lot of us struggle with anxiety, baby blues, postpartum, whatever. Um, what's your advice or do you have any, like, I don't know, things to snap you out of it when you're just not having a good day because we all struggle with bad days? That's, that's a great question, and I actually meant to address that. Um, some of my, like, lazy stuff that I talked about, like, like the, the meet the characters game and stuff like that, came during those times when I was just like, I have nothing to give. And those are real moments where you just like, I can't, I don't have anything else to offer my children right now. And I know they want to connect so badly. So I have kind of like some passive, I think, I think like passively connecting is better than nothing. It really is like a family movie night. Like you can make little tickets and I guess we're not supposed to pop popcorn anymore, but like whatever, buy it. Um, and like, and make it like, have them set up a little concession stand and they sell you the ticket and then they're at the theater with you and they sell you the food, I don't know. It all, it all works out, it's like imaginary. But then you just sit and snuggle them, holding them counts. And that's better than nothing. And, and I think that's like so important to, I tried to like emphasize, I am not always, like I don't always have enough to give to be like, super fun, fun all the time. But I think like passively connecting is better than nothing. Reading, having them read to, having them read to you, if they can't read, like just read, fake read to you is better than nothing. Listening to audiobooks, um, I was disappointed to learn that that was a cold last time. Like that was on the porridge Still thing. Still good. Still good. Um, so like we've, we'll listen to Adventures in Odyssey and do a puzzle or just sit there while they do a puzzle and giving yourself the grace to be like, this isn't 
me all the time. This is me right now. And it won't always be like this. I was thinking, I have one of my kids who's just very fun and adventure oriented and she's constantly asking me to play with her like all day long and she's older than a toddler now. And so I've just kind of had to lower the bar for myself and say, I can't, there's no way I can possibly, you know, meet all those needs and those desires. So I'll say, okay, like she just wants me to never do any work. Like, can't we just play all day long? I'm like, well, I need to clean up the kitchen. I need to sweep. She's like, well, why? I'm like, well, someone has to do this around here. You know, I can't play with you all day, but just trying to, for the, you know, you might have those kids or if they're little, they just don't understand kind of how the day needs to flow and what needs to be done. So I've tried to just kind of intersperse it like, okay, well, I need to do these things and then, all right, I'll play a game with you for 30 minutes. Like I'll, you know, give you that focus time. And then I think sometimes just their needs aren't as great as we think they are, but just meeting that little need, even if it's 10 or 15 or 30 minutes, then they they're like, okay, they, they feel that deposit that you've given them, and then you can go back to doing what things you have to get done. Um, what, what would you say is a good strategy if you have a child who's really concrete? Like a lot of these examples are totally how I work. I'm very imaginative, but I've noticed my child is more concrete, and it takes a little bit more work to get his imagination going. Um, yes. How do I kind of snap him into that that's that exactly how me. my firstborn is and I think that God gave us to each other to work on each other she's like mom you're supposed to quiz me for my spelling words and I'm like oh yeah you have spelling tests now <laughs> dang it um and I remember her being I'm not kidding you less than two she had given herself an assignment a, a homework assignment she was working on standing at the coffee table she's like as t- like shorter than the coffee table and she's like working and I was like let's go to the zoo I'm trying to get her out of the house to go to the zoo she had to finish her homework and so I think God gave you to your child to help introduce incorporate some of that into their little heart and imagination and so ways that have worked um, I think reading has helped like to to kind of like expand their imaginative like landscape. I was trying to think of the right word. I think, I think that has helped her um, it, like initiating, like you initiating pretend, I think would really help. I, I mean, I'm sure you do, but like that, I think that helps to like incorporate it. Any ideas? Just one thought, and I don't know if exactly what you're meaning by concrete, but sometimes if it's developmental or just um, like kind of like a brain, like what Sarah's describing, like like Legos or building or things like that can sort of be more, you know, physical objects or like there is a, a way to put this together. So some kids really connect to more of a structured way of play. And um, we have like these uh, planks that they can build things with or Legos or things like that. So building something that, okay, we kind of have a goal of what we want to do here. But then within that, there could be this creative play of, Oh, what could we imagine with this? Um, or even, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just you physically being there present and putting the next block and building the block. And for maybe some kids that are a little more introverted and don't want to process their thoughts or make things up as much, just you being there doing an activity with them brings that comfort and connection. It's amazing the times, and you guys were talking about how do you, I was isolated on a mountainside with my husband traveling for years. Thank God for my mom's group. And there were times where they would get irritated. They would get like mean. You know when kids start getting mean? You're like, you need to wrestle down, don't you? And just grabbing them and physically rolling around on the ground, it really sparks something, especially in my boys' brains. And the, like the joy and the heart, I mean, we connected like that. Also pillow fights, chucking them as they race across the room. It was therapeutic for everyone. It's great. <laughs> So I love that um, you said that you and Clint um, do a lot of these things together and that there was a turning point for you when you said, I made this choice to start to be like this. If you are interested in that, I have very littles, so I mean, that might not be for me at this moment, but if you, how would you get your spouse on board with some of the things that you're creating? I think, so... I think that Clint is a lot like Kate, the one I was just describing, and it doesn't come as naturally to him, but I think that once he kind of 
fell in love with the idea that God delights over us, he, he kind of works harder to, um, to, to delight over the girls and to connect individually with them. So I think, I don't know, talking through that together, um, I think reading like great authors that, that have this view of God kind of like helped him to wrap his brain around like, it's okay. It doesn't, you don't always have to be accomplishing something or reach or have like a goal in mind with it. It can just be the joy of being together. So I think understanding that concept helped him a lot. But if you're like, you know, if he, if he hasn't maybe read that stuff, I think that modeling it is like a really good idea and talking through kind of what your thought process is behind like why you would invest your energy and your time into doing it might inspire him to want to do it together or like initiating a family activity like okay let's pretend we own this restaurant tonight for the kids like and so I don't know Clint's always a great sport about it I know he's he I think at first he was like we're playing like all the time (laughs) but um he's been a great he likes it he's into it I I think also finding something you authentically like to do together when you were talking about Clint I was thinking he loves bike riding and so he's really gotten Brooke into bike riding oh my gosh he's totally brainwashed her yeah she thinks that she she like I I dreamed about a mountain bike last night mom she's four and yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, been great. But I think I, I learned that with teenagers is that to find something that, because they can pick up, they know when you're having fun and when you're just doing it out of rote. And even of, as a mom with a toddler and a baby, you can hide those books that drive you crazy that they want to read every day. And you can introduce them to a new one that you both enjoy, you know, and just kind of changing it up a little bit sometimes. And and um, like my girls like turning off the noises of the toys and oh that I give to the kids. And, <laughs> um, but just finding something authentically that you both enjoy, you know, that, that's a real key, I think, at every age of your child. Yeah, because I think that, that more than anything, your, your child picks up on your attitude about it and they want... A happy mom who's engaged and not just like internally rolling her eyes is so much better for them than that special book. That's um, annoying. First question: Are you guys are you guys recording these? Are they podcasting or no? Uh, no, no, no. I just mean like, can we have our spouses listen to this? Like, is it is it out someplace? <laughs> no, like, depends on what I want to ask. <laughs> so maybe that could be an idea because I. To get our spouses on board if this is something yeah. new and different. Yeah, good it's idea, recorded. Kelly. Anyway, um, how do you respond, or do you ha- or does this not happen, when you're like wanting to do something fun and engaging and be playful, which is totally not my standard, right? Like, I need to grow in your direction so much. Um, and then the kids are like not responding well, or they're still cranky. I think I'd be like, fine, we won't have fun anymore. <laughs> Super immature response, but how do you how do you respond when you're trying? Or do they just does your playfulness just get to where it's contagious and they're really usually into it and not kind of fighting Sometimes, you? Sometimes um, on the on the way to Disneyland this summer, we threatened to turn around and go back to our rental place. Like we literally were like, we can't go to Disneyland if you guys are acting like this. They were a mess, um, and so it kind of like. It was just a normal, like, we might have to turn around, we might have to cancel it, and then they snapped out of it, and then we actually had the, our favorite day ever at yeah, Disneyland. Do you, like, double down on the fun, or do you, you know what I mean? Like, at what, I don't know if I'm making... No, I, I, I don't. I don't, like, get, I don't, like, match their, like, their, like, bad attitude with more enthusiasm. I don't, like, meet it like that. I just, like, am, like, okay, they're not into it right now. And, and I might change my tactic the next time. Because usually they're like swept up in it. I mean, like usually we're both on the same page. And so when they're not, I'm just like, okay, well, that's fine. 
it's not worth the energy then, right then. And, and it's not, like I was saying, it's not about the thing. So like accomplishing that we did it. We, we did this fun thing together. Um, isn't worth it. It's like about the relationship. So if it's not going to be relationship enriching, then I'm just like, okay. It's hard to let it go. Just to piggyback on what Sue said, finding something fun. And if you have older kids, I have two. I have a daughter that's 11 and my son's 14. And we do Nerf gun fights. And if you put competition into anything, right? <laughs> Makes it funner for the dads, funner for the kids. But the Homefront magazine that you guys have is an amazing resource too. We do a lot of fun stuff out of that. And before we break, I just wanted to give a couple ideas for those of you with older kids. I was just kind of thinking through that a little bit. Um, but one of the things I did with my older girls for not, we don't do it all the time, but just in seasons is to do kind of a journal back and forth. So just some, to kind of pair that like meaningfulness with the fun. I think they think it's a fun thing to do, but there's also that deep connection and meaning that can happen. And I found that they told me so many things that really surprised me that they were thinking about or questions that they had that maybe you know, they might think in the, nor in the course of a normal day, but just not knowing, like, I don't have the space to talk to mom about this right now, but they'd write it down and set it on my bedside table. And then I'd pick it up and be able to write like a response to it. And, but I just thought it was a neat way to kind of hear some of the things really deep in their hearts that I might not have otherwise. And then as my girls have gotten older, um, I think what's been fun for them is for me to engage with them in their friendships. And so creating like spaces at, in our home and even time, I think our life is so full sometimes it's I have to push myself so like this encourages me to to push myself more to find those spaces not just for our family life and church life but to really bring friends in and have a space in our home where they can invite people into and then they love it when I connect with their friends you know I'll get in there and have conversations with them and um, they think it's really fun when I get involved in what they care about so I love that all right, guys, let's uh, talk as a group. I hope you swap ideas and um, come ask us any questions that you have. <laughs>